Hey there, and welcome to the Heart of a Mill Spouse podcast, where we focus on re-sparking your inner purpose using empowered action and personal growth tools. I'm Jayla Ray Ardeline, your host and late career Army Mill Spouse. I joined this lifestyle later in life and the learning curve was gigantic. Since the day I said yes to this relationship over five years ago, I've been collecting and curating personal growth tools to support you. So excited you've tuned in. Hey everyone, Jayla Ray here. And at the time I'm recording this, we are about three days away from Jeremy coming home from an 11 month deployment. It was scheduled to be a full 12 months and we got lucky that it was only 11. Uh, And I think I'm in a place where kind of for posterity's sake, I want to capture how I'm feeling right now and what I'm worried about. Uh, And then later I can kind of see if those worries and those anxieties were actually things to be concerned about, or, um, you know, perhaps they become realized, perhaps they don't, but just like with the rest of this podcast, I think it's been very important to capture things as they're happening so that hopefully you are feeling less alone out there because a lot of this has been really raw. Um, Just a few days ago, I got back home from traveling for almost four weeks I went to see family. I went to a bachelorette party. I saw more family. Um, and I didn't plan to be gone that long, but that's kind of the beauty of driving. And, you know, you have a little bit more flexibility. So that was a lot. And as I was going home, as I was driving home, I decided to listen to all of the deployment content that I have put on the Heart of a Mill Spouse podcast. And at first I was like, oh my gosh, what a self-indulgent act you were about to embark on. And then I reminded myself of something that I heard Billie Eilish say (laughs) recently on an interview that I thought was very accurate and kind of described why I um, re-listen to my work or reread my work over and over, whether that's on social media or, you know, in a longer form content podcast episodes now, um, I re-listen to Voxer messages that I've sent people that have a lot of important information in them um, and that articulate a a feeling or a thought fairly well. And basically she just said that, you know, anytime she makes a song and it's finished, they just listen to it for like a week straight because it's so satisfying to hear a finished product and something that you put so much time and energy into and that you feel proud of. So I just tried to keep that in mind as I was listening to all of the deployment related episodes that I've put out in the last uh, 10 or so months. And it was a wild ride. It was definitely a wild ride. Uh, There were moments where I was like, oof, this is a little too soon to be reliving. I know I showed up with a lot of rawness (laughs) and I think that was important to do, but 
maybe I wasn't ready to hear back about my situational depression, for example. Um, but now I'm I'm starting to view that differently as well because some more time has passed and that's just kind of what happens with your experiences. Time puts it into perspective a little bit more and you learn more about yourself. You can increase your self-awareness and learn more about what you're prone to. Um, and I already knew that I'm prone to situational depression or making those situations last longer, way longer than they need to. Cause I, um, kind of struggle to pull myself out. Uh, but it was a little, it was a little difficult. And then some of, some of what I had to say, I thought was like, Oh, interesting. You said that on a podcast. <laughs> That's not embarrassing at all. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, but if you have, if this is your first if this is your first time tuning into the podcast, um, none of this will make sense to you. So you probably want to go back and listen to things uh, prior prior to this episode. But here's the deal. Uh, it's, what is it? It's Friday and he comes home Monday night. And like I said, I kind of wanted to capture what's going through my mind right now. Um I think when I hear other military spouses talk about how difficult reintegration is, I am not discounting the fact that he has been deployed for a very long time and we've been apart for a very long time and it has had its own challenges in that respect. But what I keep trying to remind people is that this is not a combat deployment. And I think combat deployments create special, unique circumstances when it comes to reintegration, um, because they are experiencing a lot of potentially really heavy trauma when they're coming home and things that they need to work through. And just being, just being in that environment, whether anything happened to them or happened to someone that they know or not is very, uh, stress inducing and, uh, also creates conditions where they may not be able to talk to you as frequently as I've been able to talk to my husband on this deployment because those were not his circumstances. So when I hear spouses talk about reintegration and, you know, they say all the things that we've probably heard that it requires a ton of patience and that they basically say that the deployment is nothing and you thought that was hard. Cool. Reintegration is what's going to be super hard. And I think there is the potential for that here with us. Um, but I think one advantage that we have, I used to think it was a disadvantage, but I think it's an advantage now, is that we are about to PCS. We PCS in about two months from now. So he's coming home. And yes, like there will be routines of mine that I've created since he's been gone that he will need to fall into. Uh, but our entire environment is about to be shaken up once he gets here because we're just going to hit the ground running with all of the paperwork and out processing and selling the house and selling the vehicles and, you know, preparing for non-temp storage and household goods and UAB and all of the freaking acronyms that go with an overseas move. Um, so in that way, it kind of is an advantage because there's nothing for him to come home to 
that has been established that needs to remain the same. We're about to do a complete upheaval. So in that way, I think we're quite fortunate. Um, But the other side of that coin as well is that we don't have time for him to relax, enjoy himself, and take the leave that he truly deserves uh, after being gone for so long. Um, I think it's been said that and that this may be dependent on branch. So if I'm saying this and it doesn't resonate with you, it's probably because you're in a different branch. But with like a nine month or a 12 month long deployment, technically they're supposed to get 30 days of leave after that deployment, which makes a lot of sense. Um, but in this case, we don't we don't get that. He's going to get a couple four day weekends and we're going to try our best, but he does have to go back to his office at this duty station uh, prior to leaving. So that's kind of interesting because he doesn't really get a breather. And I know that because he's not going to get that breather, uh, he's going to be shorter. His temperament is going to be different. And I mean, it's just unfortunate because I think he deserves to rest and he's not going to get to. So I will attempt to remind him any moment when we actually are resting is not a time to be planning and thinking about the future and worrying about different things that might happen with this PCS and that rest is for rest and working is for working. So I will need to be uh, really diligent about our boundaries because he's not, he's not going to be. And I already know that. Part of that has to do with his personality type and part of it is just the conditions in which he's being placed in. So yeah, so I I think what I'm trying to say is that we're in sort of this weird situation where there aren't routines that he's coming back into that he's going to quote unquote mess up, which is what I hear a lot of military spouses remark about, which I totally understand. Like if he were coming back and he were returning to this office and we weren't PCSing, we'd a hundred percent experience those challenges. Um, I think what I'm most worried about is that he's not getting a break and he's already basically working from a place of burnout and it's just going to get worse. And that's not, that's not good for our relationship. That's not good for the relationship with the kids. Um, and I'm not sure if I've said this on the podcast necessarily. I've definitely talked about it uh, to my email list as well as on Instagram. But uh, we are taking the two youngest stepchildren, my stepkids, uh, with us to Italy. So we are going – there's a huge role reversal in our parenting structure uh, where we are going to become the full-time parents and their mom will become, um, essentially the part-time parent. So uh, what I'm nervous about is the fact that he's not going to have a break. And when we do get around the kids again, um, and we take them over there, he's going to have to hit the ground running with work immediately, just like they always do. And it's going to be up to me to really, make sure that they are as comfortable as they possibly can be and to support them through that transition. Uh, They've never lived overseas before. They've 
never really traveled outside of the States. I mean, they kind of have because they've gone on a cruise, but for anyone who's done traveling on a cruise versus traveling at your own will, those are two very different kinds of trips and exposure to the country that you're visiting. Um, so this is a lot of firsts for them. So I'm just, I'm very, very nervous about being the full-time parent and about being the one who will support them when they are struggling and him not necessarily being available for that. Um, I mean, we've had them for shorter stints before. And uh, when I say shorter stints, I mean for like a few weeks at a time. Um, I think the longest we've had them before was about two months. And because Jeremy was definitely working during those times. Some some of those times he was doing a training or doing a class of some sort. And so I was in primary parent mode. So it's not like I'm a complete stranger to it, but this is a completely different context. Like they're going to school there. They're moving with us. It It's up to us. And their mom isn't just a couple states away. It's, it's for real. So the conditions are very different. <laughs> So I'm actually just nervous about the PCS, I think is what I'm trying to say. Um, I don't really feel nervous about the reintegration. It's just, it's the impending PCS that I feel super nervous about. I feel super excited that he's coming home too. Um, I do feel a little bit uh, nervous in terms of, you know, being in each other's space again and being around one another and needing to like match or not match our energies. Um, we have, uh, I don't know. That's just something that I don't know. I don't really hear people talk about like matching each other's energy is, uh, you don't have to do that when you're thousands of miles apart. (laughs) Um, so when you're in each other's space again, that can be very interesting of, uh, matching each other. And when, when, when the other person is in a down mood, you know, how does that affect the other person? And then when the other one is in a super uplifting, like let's get it all done productivity mode mood, and the other one is feeling exhausted, like those are the kinds of things that I am a a little bit nervous about. I'm definitely a little bit nervous about that kind of stuff. Um, But I am also just really excited to have him here and to not be apart anymore. Obviously that feels like a really duh statement, but it's worth noting. Um, I, I'm trying not to focus so much on the fact that I feel nervous, but (laughs) I think that's the overriding. That is definitely the overriding emotion right now. Um, I, I mean, even just having him to like wake up, next to again is so exciting. And at the same time, I'm just, (laughs) I definitely got used to sleeping alone. (laughs) I didn't like it all the time. I didn't like sleeping alone all the time, but I've definitely gotten some of the best and worst sleep since he's been gone. Um, and I've let the dogs sleep in the bed, like way more, than we ever let them do. So they're probably going to be expecting that. And he's not, he's not a fan of that. (laughs) I'm not even a fan of that. It always sounds like a great idea. And then once they're in bed with you and they're moving around and they're licking and they're shaking and they're, and they don't stop, they don't stop. Then it's like, 
you're not getting really good sleep. So I'm not really a fan of it either, but I just kind of convince myself every time that this time will be different and then it's no different and I don't sleep very well. And they always sleep in like the nooks and crannies where you need to be moving. Um, they want to be in those areas. I'm talking about two little wiener dogs. So that's a thing. Um, so I think the dogs are definitely going to go through an adjustment period as well. Uh, they've definitely gotten a lot of, um, a lot more leeway from me in the last year and they've stopped listening. So they're in need of some serious discipline back in their lives. And it remind it actually reminds me of when I first met Jeremy. Um, I had been, uh, single-ish for about a year or so, maybe a little bit less. And they didn't listen to me anymore. And uh, my ex-boyfriend, like we got them together. And so he was, I mean, I don't want to say that he was the disciplinarian necessarily. Like we definitely shared that. But once he wasn't around anymore, they kind of walked all over me and I kind of let them do it. And I was in grad school. So they just, uh, yeah, they they didn't get as much attention as they definitely deserved for a while. So they were a little unruly, but as soon as I met Jeremy and he came around like, Oh my gosh, they were completely different dogs. They just responded to him so well. And I smother them with my love and affection. So that's part of why they don't listen to me, obviously. Um, and he only warrants love and affection when they have earned it. <laughs> so <laughs> they listen to him. <laughs> so they're going to go through their own adjustment period. Absolutely. Um, with him being around again. And we need to start working on the barking because they've been barking too much. And we are about to go back to apartment living where they need to be quiet. So that will be a whole thing in of itself. Um, I, I keep avoiding saying this on this episode. It's been, I've been recording for 17 minutes and 45 seconds now, and I've been avoiding saying this. Hey, male spouse. I interrupt this episode to ask you a really important question. If you have a deployed spouse, I wonder what it would look like for you if you could get support on this journey now instead of shoving your needs down for the 50th time. If you already know you need something like this, I have a deployment support kit for you. Head on over to jaylaray.com forward slash deployment kit to grab your free resources created just for you to help you establish a routine while your spouse is deployed. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you about how to establish a routine, but I am going to tell you about how to get more emotional support in your life. So head on over to jaylaray.com forward slash deployment kit, and I'll include it in the show notes as well. But I think it's just worth getting over my own embarrassment about it and saying it on a podcast. I am super excited to have sex again. Like I can't even, I can't even describe to you how joyful I feel about the fact that that is going to be an option again. <laughs> and I think throughout this deployment, I've had like my own journey with all of that stuff and being becoming more and more comfortable with solo sex and figuring it out uh, while he's been gone. But holy crap, like 
he's coming home. We don't. <laughs> it's it's going to be an option again. Thank, thank the Lord. <laughs> I know that like everybody, I think that's like kind of what we, what couples will like naturally start to think about when they're about to be together again, you know, after any kind of separation, really, it doesn't have to be a deployment in this case. Um, but I also want to re- remember and respect that um, he's going to be super freaking exhausted. And so um, I think it'll be important to keep my expectations in check for the first few days and then watch that, you know, watch that progress <laughs> after a little bit of time has passed. Oh, my God. Now I'm so embarrassed. I'm so cringy. <laughs> okay. Um, anyways, um, I don't think anything else is worth kind of like going into or describing in this case, but hopefully if you are in that time period where it's right before homecoming and you're asking yourself like what is quote unquote normal to be feeling and what is abnormal, I would say that nothing is off limits. Um, You're feeling how you've been feeling based on what you've experienced during this deployment. And if it's been a mix of positive and negative, um, maybe you feel a little bit more like even keel like I do. But if it's been mostly negative, I wouldn't be surprised if all of your emotions are just coursing through at a super rapid rate, or you don't know what you're feeling because you're somewhat numb to it all because it's just so much. There's just so much overwhelm that has led up to this moment. Um, So just know that if what I've described doesn't resonate with you, that doesn't mean anything about you. That doesn't say anything about you. It just says that we had different deployment experiences and each one is different. I mean, you could seriously, you could talk to two spouses from the same unit, let's say, and those two soldiers could have had a somewhat similar deployment experience for them, but those two spouses could have had completely different deployment experiences at home. And so just just remember that. Just remember that whatever has happened and whatever you've gone through in throughout this deployment is just, it's fine. Like... <laughs> However you're feeling based on all of that is fine and it's okay. And if you want to reach out to me to describe what are some of the thoughts going through your head and how you're feeling, I would always love to hear from you. And this podcast episode is being published in the month of June in 2022. I don't care if you're hearing this episode in 2024, uh, please still reach out to me. Um, and I'd be, I'd so love to hear from you and just, just help you recognize how, how much normality, um, you are going through at this time. So you can do that on Instagram at mill.spouse and just send me a DM. And even if we've never spoken before, I've said this before, but even if we've never talked before, I don't care. I want to, I want to hear from you. Um, and I want you to know that you're not alone. So Yeah. Okay. Well, so for the future of the deployment series specifically, um, at the time I'm recording this, there is a current Enneagram series and there's about to be a new series as well, all on late career military spouses. So stay tuned. 
Um, but I also know that just because he's coming home, that does not mean that the deployment journey is, uh, the deployment might be coming to an end, but the journey of processing everything that's happened in the last year is not coming to an end and it's not for him either. And I know I just spent a lot of time talking about how our reintegration is preparing for a PCS. So there's going to be a lot more. <laughs> there's going to be a lot more after this um, regarding the deployment series. And I think eventually I will get to the point where I can probably provide some hindsight advice. Um, and maybe it won't be phrased as advice, just more like things that I didn't notice at the time, but are clear to me now and they might be worth sharing. So stay tuned on the Heart of a Male Spouse podcast, and I will talk to you guys soon. And thanks for listening. All right. Bye, y'all.